0: You are now listening to Grinding True Crime with your hosts, Maddie Matt, Todd Fox, and Gabby.
1: Hey, 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 welcome to another episode of the Grinding True Crime Podcast with your host, Matty Mapp, along with our narrator for today, Todd Fox. And it's just going to be us two today. Uh, Gabby won't be able to join in today. She's not going too good. It'll just be uh, me and Todd Fox for this afternoon. Uh, so we'll hold it down. But before we get into it, let's let you guys know where you can find us. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just type in Grinding True Crime. There you can follow our page, leave a comment, uh, like our page, subscribe, and we will get back to you as soon as possible. If you want to listen to us on your podcast streams, go to Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, and Pandora if you're in the U.S. And for those who are listening to us outside of the U.S., you can continue to listen to us on Podchaser, Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocketcast. Go to RedBubble.com, type in Topbox 80 to purchase merchandise courtesy of the Grinding to Crime. And we want to give a shout out to all of the fans who have left a Cash App donation to our cause. Uh, we thank you guys for leaving a donation. If you would like to leave a donation to help us to better our cause, uh, you can go to Cash App and type in dollar sign grinding true crimes. So we thank you for everyone who's uh, donated and also for those who's participated by leaving us a comment or recommending a story that we can do. Uh, we thank you for uh, we want to give you guys a shout out for that. Always as listener discretion is advised because we do get into details and it could be a, a little graphic for those who are, you know, screamish or anything like that. So listeners discretion is advised.
0: Did I leave anything else out, Todd? No, I think we're good. Other than if they do leave a, um, a donation later on, just leave us a name you'd like us for, uh, in the comments to uh, shout you out because we think that's important because you guys are really helping us out. Like Matt said.
1: Exactly. Also, uh, just a quick reminder at the end of the month, we will be going live. That's every end of the month. Uh, every month, we go live. So at the end of this month, we will be going live on Pop B, like we did last month. It was a good experience, it was a fun experience. So we decided to do that again. So that'll be the very last Sunday at the end of the month. And we'll let you guys know what time it will be. Um, Because we we try to be in consideration of those who are listening to us in the uh, the UK or other countries uh, that, you know, their times are different, different time zone. So we'll let you guys know what time we'll do it, but it will be the last Sunday of the month. Correct. With all that being said, Todd Fox, you have a story for us today. You want to break it down to us, my friend?
0: Yes, I do. And uh, hopefully, uh, Gabby can get on the mend and get well soon. So, we're wishing her a speedy recovery. She's not under COVID or nothing, but she's just not feeling good, like Matt said. So, shout out to Gabby. She will be missed on this episode. <laughs> yeah. um, but with that being said, uh, we're going to follow up on our baseline killer episode from like three or four episodes back. Um, this one, I teased at the end of it, would spiderweb into this case because this case. Matt had happened about the same time the baseline killer was doing his thing in Phoenix, Arizona.
1: Ooh, and I remember that case.
0: Yeah, that guy was all over the place. He was just, he didn't care. And this serial killer is the same way. Uh, Are you no, serious? No regard for for life. Uh, the only reason why they were able to... Uh, did what is it called the uh themselves from each other as saying as they're two separate serial killers is the fact that a different caliber gun was used mm-hmm. and there was no rapes or sexual um encounters with this particular serial killer
1: so just straight up murders
0: this was straight up murders yep so okay. this case and along with something that i'm going to pin on it at the very end just to give you an overview um is going to play into what is happening in our nation in the United States today, which, which now the media is pushing, you know, any kind of shooting it's front name front news, you know, so that's what's hot right now is any kind of shooting of multiple people. Whereas mm-hmm. these, these multiple shootings just didn't happen this year. And that's what the rest of the world is thinking. These will go back years and it's happened and it's happened in pockets, but it's nothing new. And, and uh, I think it's just being pushed more as it's, oh, my God, we're going gonna to die. But this stuff happens, unfortunately, because of, you know, every time I'm not going to get political or nothing, but just this is what happens in this country right now with the particular laws that we have. So, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, as we go into this story, it's going to uh, just show not really, if you think about it, the guns are not shooting themselves. It's the whacked out people that get their hands on them that are the problem and this is absolute this is one of the one of the cases like again we'll spider web into another one and i'll show you exactly what happened here i'll tell you what exactly happened can't show you on podcast that'd be amazing if i could <laughs>
1: uh,
0: <laughs> so let's get started shall we let's do it let's do it so we're going to return to the phoenix arizona area we uh, if you want to know more about the phoenix area check out the baseline killer episode i broke it down uh, I'll just say real quick it's the fourth largest city in in America. They had a lot of Johnsons in their police department. Um, <laughs> they get the reward today uh no, this one's not as bad this uh This particular task force wasn't as bad as a baseline killer uh task force. This one was actually doing its work. Um, okay. They just could not zero in on anybody, and I'll tell you why so after all the uh the uh, homicides were going on this is in two thousand and five. So this is right when the baseline killer is starting his own reign of terror in the Phoenix area, uh, a small town outside of Phoenix called Tolson, which is mostly a fa- farming town. Um, it's it's about a warm evening on the on uh, June 29th, 2005. And there's a young college student just kicking it on his uh, the fence of his like dorm area and uh you know he's playing his guitar it's late at night it's about one or two playing acoustic guitar has the long hair going chilling just a regular guy you would hang out with you know night and this uh, car pulls up next to him and and uh, says hey bro um hey you want some change thinking that he's like a a bum or whatever he's like oh no no i'm not a bum or nothing like that he's like, "Oh, here take some change man go get yourself something to eat you look lonely out here so then the young man walks up to the car And says, "Well, you know, it's free money. It's free money." He goes, "Yeah, I would have did that too." Exactly right. (laughs) And uh, but unfortunately, it's it's a uh, it's a trick. Mm. And as he comes up to the passenger side, a shotgun comes out of the uh, passenger side window, and he gets shot right in the stomach. Oh! And the car speeds off. Nobody sees the uh, the car or sees a plate or the description. But two of the guys from the dorm room come out there to try to help Daniel Estrada out, the young 20-year-old. But it is really really, uh, evident at that time that he's not going to make it. Um, He's pretty much dying right in their hands.
1: Oh, yeah. Shotgun blast close range. Yes, that's more likely ain't going to be a good news.
0: Yeah, and actually that was 3.30 in the morning he was shot. So he was out there at 3.30 in the morning. Um, He was shot in the lung and it pierced his lung and he pretty much bled out into his lungs and suffocated on his own blood. Dang, man. Um, His mom would say that he was born 20 years prior at 3.30 in the morning exactly. And the um, paramedics pronounced him dead at 3.30 in the morning of that evening you know, it's sort of symbolic, kind of took her back. you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he he stood no chance. I mean, as soon as he walked up to the car, it was automatic. They pulled the gun out on him and just shot him without yeah. no question.
0: Exactly. So Man. the police in that town were investigating a homicide, the first homicide they've had there in, in quite some time. As they were doing this, a phone call came in 30 minutes later that a cow was shot and killed just two blocks away from the uh, murder. A cow? A cow, yes. Wow, okay. And then three blocks away from that, at a local Burger King, just off the main highway, shots were fired at workers coming to start the day for the Burger King establishment. They had just turned on the lights and were getting ready to get things ready for breakfast, because they opened at 6 When three shotgun shells came bursting through the windows of the front of the Burger King.
1: So these guys or whoever it is, is just on a just on a little tear.
0: Yes, they're on a tear. And they are all now that the police go to those crime scenes and the one with the young David Estrada, they find that it is a 22 caliber shotgun shell. Mm. Yeah. So, and then
1: with the cow that got murdered, well, do you consider that murder? Yeah, murder. Uh, that was a shotgun as well. They've The police discovered that it was a shotgun as well.
0: Yes, they did. They found shells at each of the crime scenes that, that all matched the same shell. Mm. So at this point, they're thinking these are random shootings. So something's going on here. It doesn't seem right. I mean, how do you put a Burger King, a cow, and a guy just sitting on a brick wall in front of his dorm, all in the same, like there's no way to match it up as far as mo- a motive anyway. Yeah. So as the police were actually putting the full force of their small towns uh, detective work and policemen on the case, nothing happens for two weeks. So everything just goes quiet. Um, but two weeks later, a family with a huge homestead uh, a large uh, farm area with multiple animals wakes up in the morning to get their day started and they go over. One of the daughters has the job of feeding the horses that they have in their stables. Mm-hmm. And as she goes to the stables, which are facing the main road, she finds one horse shot dead and two standing, writhing in pain, being shot multiple times. Oh. Yes. They they did not hear the the gunshots at uh, night, which they, the police would say that, likely that's when it happened. It happened before dawn. Um, the twenty two caliber bullets, the same that were used in the previous three shootings, were also linked to that those shootings. Well, with uh, the same kind of bullets. That's messed up, man. Yep, yep. So someone's shooting for fun.
1: Jesus.
0: Yeah. So. Um, so then again, it goes quiet. The police are out there. They're trying to do stakeouts on highways. They're they're out there late at night. They have a, a shooter out there, someone that's deranged in the head, and they have no idea who could be. No cars, uh, nothing like that. So, the um the investigation continues, and then ten miles away, uh you know in uh, Glendale, Arizona, there begins there begins to be a random shooter. Which people are waking up in the morning, you know, or maybe hearing gunshots overnight, but not really thinking too much of it. Mm-hmm. But when they wake up in the morning, their dogs have been shot and killed, up to ten of them. In are local- you kidding? Yeah, and local yards were shot and killed.
1: See, I'm an animal lover, man. So this is this is uh disturbing to me because uh, that ain't right, man.
0: Yeah, now he's right. he's taking it out on um, on uh, what he caught on all these animals now so Dang. yeah so this is getting to be a little too much here um so all of a sudden you know it's now december we've passed through the summer months we're getting towards the end of 2005 mm-hmm. and the phoenix area has been experiencing rapes murders robberies because the baseline killer baseline killer yeah is doing his thing and uh so they're on high alert down there but this does not stop a, a man by the name of tim towered who is walking home from his job at a post office he sorts all the mail it's a very you know tough job here in the united states and uh you know he's walking home he's got his headphones on because remember it's 2005 so you don't have earphones mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's just minding his own business it's 2 a.m he had the evening shift you know and he's only about a block from his house before all of a sudden without him even knowing it he feels a piercing through his neck
1: Oh.
0: Poor Tim is shot through the neck.
1: Dang.
0: And he goes down right away. He the he just hears a car speed off, and he grabs his neck from both sides because the bullet entered and exited out of his neck. Ah
1: oh.
0: Yes. So he ain't gonna make it. Surprise, surprise, a twist. Get out. He runs a block to his house, lets himself in the house, calls 911. A neighbor who had heard him get into his apartment at that odd time screaming came in and helped him put pressure on the wound till police came and fire department came. And what? they were able to take him to the hospital where they gave him life saving surgery. What? He made it. I'm surprised it didn't hit his juggler it missed anything vital <laughs> I, it, is there is there is there nothing vital in your neck i mean how's that possible that's what i'm saying like it not been all vital in neck. The- <laughs> exactly dude um he was thankfully not- he
1: survived though i mean i'm not complaining good lord
0: oh yeah and i think i think the caliber of the shotgun shell helped because it was a 22 it wasn't a big shotgun shell oh okay but but the 22 it went through and it didn't hit his jugular it didn't hit his spine nothing so he would go on to make a full recovery.
1: Wow. And the fact that you said he was screaming, like, you know, you would think if you get a shot in your neck, man, your vocal cord might be at least damaged
0: too. Yep, exactly. But man, man, good, good, good stuff. Good stuff, right? But see, so I fast forwarded and I told you what happened and he was able to make a full recovery, okay? Okay. But on that same night that he shot that the police are now notified the fire department are now notified they're on their way to his house to give him life-saving treatment Mm -hmm. just a block away 28 year old marco carrillo was found by a bystander next to an abandoned building he had been shot in the back with a 22 uh, caliber shotgun shell which he was shot in the lung and he too died without any Uh. uh, any blood that exited his body because he against uh, just like the other victims suffocated on his own blood.
1: Oh, uh, so the so he didn't bleed out, he just bled in.
0: Yes. Ugh. Dang. So the police get called to that shooting just 15 minutes after arriving at the first shooting where they're trying mm. to save the young man's life, they find out that the, another young man had been shot and killed this time down the street. And then two blocks later, once they get to that scene, there is another shooting. What? Just just down the block, a dead body is found blocks away from the second shooting. Forty-four year old Jose Ortiz had been shot in the chest, and it hit him in his heart, and he died uh-huh. where he stood. Oh, so he? Yeah, he died instantly. He sure did. Dang, man. Who, who who is this person doing the killing? I'll get to that. Dang. <laughs> yeah, I mean these people are getting wiped out. So you have no regard for life. They've they've graduated from doing murders against animals, obviously, and after yeah. the first young man, and now it's just like straight up, we're going to shoot people.
1: And they and they know where they're aiming at too, because they're they're aiming at like particular areas where they know they can either do some serious damage or you know kill you
0: yeah they have they have pretty much good shot and they're only shooting once Mm -hmm. they're, they're not shooting multiple times to hit their target they're they're shooting once and hitting the target every time jesus yeah so the the frustrating thing for local police is there is no witnesses no one's getting a car description nobody's getting a you know um you know how many suspects is there one is there two you know what's the motive? Nothing. They have nothing except one officer and detective see a camera, and then another camera in the adjacent areas of the blocks that had the shooting. We. Oui. They went to the cameras, but to their frustration, again, they all they only picked up what they saw was a cat walking on the street as uh, just a half block away, and it jumping like thirty feet. And they're thinking, okay, that's probably when the gunshot went off, and the cat got freaked out. And then like 10 seconds later, they see a Toyota Camry, but the cameras are black and white and fuzzy. So it appears to be a Toyota Camry. They can't tell the year and it just drives off. And that's the only car in the area until the paramedics and fire department come.
1: Mm. So they kind of got an idea of what it might be, but they can't really tell because
0: of the camera. Exactly. Exactly. This is going to be a tough one. It is. It's already working out. But here's one thing now. Unlike the baseline killer episode where the police departments didn't even work with each other, like the same department didn't even knock on the cubicle next to him and be like, hey, do you have a case that like is sort of like the one I have? Mm -hmm. There was no working together in that one. Well, in this one, a smart detective from Tolson, the first community, the farm community, was working the homicide of Mr. Estrada, and he heard in the news that there were several shootings in the Phoenix area. So he called the Phoenix Police Department and said, hey, I've got this shooting up here. I've got animals that were murdered, Uh, you know, cruelty to animals. uh, What kind of caliber bullet were you was involved in your shootings? And then the police officer said, well, or the detective from Phoenix said, it's a 22 shotgun. And he's like, we have the same shooter. So because now it's in two jurisdictions, it's multiple homicides. They were able to build a quick task force.
1: So this detective gets the Joe Kinder Award for a smart detective. Good job. Yeah. Him.
0: Exactly. He did his homework. And uh so they would work with the Phoenix Police Department and the Glendale Police Department, which was involving the animals, to have a big task force to try to hunt down these, you know, supposed killers. Because they're thinking it has to be two, because how can you drive away or shoot a shotgun with that accuracy and still drive? Because they were... The car wasn't in the same spot for too long. So Mm -hmm. it has to be two people. And they'd be shocked if it was one. So right now they're thinking.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking it's two people because the first killer, you know, he walked up to the passenger and got shot and then they drove
0: off. So Mm -hmm. that's my thought. It should be two. It should be two. Yeah. So at this point in the story, we've reached 2006 and the city of Phoenix is in a panic. Because you have all those things that we talked about in the other story happening, the rapes, the murders, the, the women shot in the head, the, the uh, blatant robberies by the baseline killer. And then you have people just minding their own business, walking down the street, being gunned down by a homicidal maniac. And, and the city at this point, the news now knows and is, sh- and is saying there's two serial killers on the loose. Mm. So like the, like people went into lockdown with COVID, that's how the city went down in in phoenix they decided to put out a curfew where past 11 o'clock till seven in the morning that's when all the shootings were taking place stay off the freaking streets if you don't have to be out there
1: so they really went on uh, on curfew
0: they went on curfew in the phoenix area Yeah,
1: that's actually a good idea i mean that's a good tactic for in this situation so
0: i i I commend them for that because they couldn't handle either serial killer but but exactly but, here, but here's the thing, though. In the U.S., we do not listen. Nope. <laughs> we can go on the curfew, and we're still going to say, Yeah. Right. It's like, hey, you see? You want a curfew, see, copper? No. We're going to be outside, see? And that's what they do, you know? Welcome <laughs> to the U.S. Exactly. It's like, we're the kid that doesn't listen. Like, you put us in the corner and say, Timmy, you stay there for five minutes, and you think about what you did, young man. And then Timmy Timmy
1: already in the cookie jar. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) And then we're just like, oh, Timmy. (laughs) No, no. Yeah, exactly. Man. So, yeah, I mean, this is this is getting bad bad, and and people still go out there, you know. So um, the media, again, is probably one of the biggest things that's wrong with this country for many things. I mean, they, they push their narratives and whatnot. But in this case, they also overstepped their boundaries and they say stuff that they really shouldn't say. And they got to somebody that had privy information from the police that, that knew that it was only a 22 caliber shotgun shell being used. So what did they do? They led the news with that breaking news about, hey, the serial shooter is using only 22 caliber bullets. Mm. So the police were pissed and it's like, dude, that's only something that we should know. Who leaked it? Somebody leaked it. Mm-hmm. And their biggest fear was, you know what, we can trace those twenty-two caliber shotgun shells, but if they tr- switch to another shotgun, you mm-hmm. won't be able to track it. Exactly. And uh, because of that, what do you think happened? I'm going to
1: think that because he saw that they have uh, a tip on him, he changes the caliber.
0: You would be right. Hey. <laughs> He switched to a shotgun, a regular shotgun shell with um, what's it with pellets? Buckshot. Buckshot. Yes. So it's like untraceable because Mm -hmm. it doesn't have that marking that normal guns have to where you can Mm -hmm. trace it back. There's no markings on this one, so right away the police were pissed, and they were hoping that he wouldn't do this, but he did. And um, so you know there was more shootings that happened, but no one had died in between. And again, 2006. Now you're getting into the summer months. They're starting to hone in on the baseline killer. So for whatever reason, maybe the cops being hot on the baseline killer kind of stopped the, um, serial shooter from continuing, but he would resume now in May of uh, 2006, the second day on Hosner drive. Ooh. Yeah. Um, in, uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, just 20, uh, 20 minutes outside of Phoenix. A 20-year-old Claudia Gutierrez Cruz was walking home from uh, from work and was just around the corner from her house mm-hmm. when the car pulled up and fired a shotgun shell, nailing her in the side. Oh, yeah, Did in I a killer c- in her rib cage. Oh, yeah. People responded. You could listen to the 911 call online. Um, they said she was in bad shape and bleeding heavily. Uh, they they tried to um, perform, uh, you know. You know, yeah or no she was she was awake at the time but they were trying to stop the bleeding but she was the buckshot had littered her side and back Ugh. yeah so they tried to take her uh, to the um, hospital they actually got her to a street where they airlifted her to a trauma center and they tried everything to save her life but her wound <laughs> was too severe and she passed away three hours later man yeah
1: that's that man
0: and at the time, police, when they investigated it, they did not attribute this one to the serial shooter yet because they figured that he hadn't changed his caliber yet or they didn't mm-hmm. have any evidence of it. And two, the, um, Claudia was having a dispute with an ex-boyfriend. So they were investigating mm-hmm. the ex-boyfriend. You know what they say. Mm-hmm. Well, to The closest one that is your lover. Exactly. Jilted <laughs> lovers right away, right? Automatically ah <sighs> so um now that they they still haven't seen too much from the serial shooter lately they didn't attribute this one but they figured now that they would tell street cops and to just hey if you see a car make a quick u-turn because some of these shootings the car would pass the sus the uh victim and then turn around and come back and then do you know do the shooting mm-hmm. so they were thinking okay any but any car that you see make an erratic turn or you know scoping out somebody maybe coming around the block again pull them over to, for anything make up an excuse mm-hmm. pull them over. and so the police were on but but that's like a needle in the haystack that could be anybody you know exactly yeah so um as they're trying to institute that because they're not getting anywhere the shooting start up again a 66 year old james hodge a vietnam uh-huh. vietnam veteran happened to go outside at around one in the morning it was hot in his apartment so he came out in glendale arizona to take a smoke and as he took a, a drag of his uh cigarette he got a burning sensation in his back and he would hit the ground and he was shot in the back with a shotgun shell oh man yes and the buckshot littered his back as well Jeez. Um, but the fortunate thing though this guy was a tough sob um, he survived Vietnam and being shot twice in Vietnam when he was on tour there. Mm-hmm. And uh, a good Samaritan came by to him and raided, uh, um, you know, was able to stop the bleeding. And uh, the police department came there and they were able to save him and he survived. Wow. So he took one straight to the back and fortunately no major organs and he was able to survive.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm. He's got the will of uh, survival right there.
0: He sure has, man. That was a tough dude, man. Very Seriously. tough.
1: But so, that sucks, man. Not, not to cut you off, for in his life, you know, you serve your time in the war. You know, you serve your time for the country, and you get shot over there. You wouldn't think to get shot by some maniac on your own neighborhood. You know, you're just chilling about to smoke or get some fresh air. You would not think that you could possibly lose your life by some maniac shooting a freaking shotgun buckshot and you're back. You know, you, you wouldn't have never thought that, you know what I'm saying?
0: Mhm. So That's it's true. I mean, you crazy. You think when you come here that you're safe and you know, you're going to be okay, but no. I yeah. Don't. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. Man. So with all these shootings, something weird happens. And you would not think that a way to because again, they don't know who this person is or persons are. And these guys have been eluding the police for about a year now, and they ain't got no leads. Got no leads whatsoever. They mm. think it, they think it's a Toyota Camry. That's all they got. Okay. So, if you think that this, okay, what do you think is their downfall? Let's see what, if you can get the. If you get this, you're the man. Oh, that's all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> What's their downfall?
0: What's their down? Like, how do you think? How do, What do you think they do to get recognized?
1: You're talking about the killers, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, ooh. Dang. You got me stumped here. Just do a wild guess. The wildest thing you could think of.
1: I'm going to say they, they you know, shoot. They shoot something to point a trademark. like They, they shoot, like, their initials or something.
0: Shoot their initials. No, that would be, be really funny and very careful. <laughs> you have to just sit there, and they shoot, like, 60 times, like, um, but no. What what these do, guys do is um, they go to a Walmart, and it is two people. Um, surveillance cameras on June sixth of two thousand six would catch two men in the aisles of the floral area of Walmart, just start dumping stuff into the into the uh, you know dumping plants, plastic plants, um, mm. you know certain things that are like uh, like drapes and stuff all into the middle of the aisle. Mm. And then one of them pour gas on it and then the other one drop a match and the two would run out of the store. What the heck? They start a fire in a Walmart that catches two aisles on fire. What the heck? Who, do, who does that? <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea.
1: Okay. That's a good way to get to someone's attention.
0: Yeah. So... <laughs> So if you think that that's a uh, pretty stupid and careless, right? Absolutely. And, and think about it. how many videos have you seen or, or crime shows where for whatever reason, the suspect enters a Walmart. That's the worst place to go if you're a killer, not to try to help killers out. But you go to Walmart, they have like the best cameras. Absolutely. And they're everywhere. They'll catch they're everywhere. You. So these guys take a chance at one Walmart, and they're like, "You know what? There's another Walmart in Scottsdale. Let's go there and do the exact same thing." What an idiot!
1: And you know what? That's our vacation spot, Scottsdale. Me and my wife—we go there. (laughs) (laughs) We probably went to that Walmart.
0: (laughs) You might have. You might have. Shame. (laughs) But they did the same thing at the next place too, and started a fire. So, yeah. So the local um, new media came down there, did a story. They pulled the um, the surveillance camera and put it on the nightly news. Now, an anonymous tip came in that night, saying that they knew one of the uh, suspects uh, wow. in in the fire. So it wasn't the homicide crew that got that that thing because they're not thinking that the, the, they're thinking that these are just yeah they're not weird. thinking
1: yeah they're just thinking these are two nutcases just starting some.
0: Yeah. So, so in the in the wake of them getting that particular, um, what is it called? That particular that tip. the tip. Yeah. The next night, outside of the, the Scottsdale Walmart, I don't know if they were planning on doing it again, but a, uh, but a man walking home from work again around one a.m. Paul Patrick was walking down the street when a car rolled up alongside of him, very slow. And he had a real bad feeling in his gut, and unfortunately no pun intended that's where he got shot oh yeah um he uh-huh. got he got hit like directly in in his stomach like right above his belly button and his and brace yourselves on this one his stomach opened up
1: Oh the acids
0: his intestines, the intestines they came out.
1: Oh,
0: so he grabbed his intestines, stumbled for about two or three feet. He heard the car speed off and laughter. And he went to fall to his knees. He said that his he could feel the life flowing out of his body and his body getting really, really hot. And then the next thing he knew, he looked up as he was about ready to collapse. And he saw a man running towards him with a gun. What and, and he automatically said to himself, god if they're going to finish me off, please make it fast. And instead, a twist. Oh man. A, a real very, twist. A really good twist. He must have had a, a a guardian angel over him because a off-duty army medic by the name of Saul Guerrero happened to see the whole shooting from his car in the parking lot. He grabbed his handgun and his medical kit and ran to render aid to Paul. And he Uh. came up to Paul and said, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm going to protect you. You're going to be okay. I've seen worse in in combat. You're going to survive.
1: That's not something I would say to somebody who's got his stomach shot out. I've seen worse in combat. I mean, you probably have but I wouldn't say
0: that. <laughs> hey, he's trying to just like,
1: you know, probably, you know,
0: probably to, if you were to ask Paul right now, you'd be like, Did you really think that that was the worst thing? Uh, not the worst thing you're saying? He probably was like, You know, dude, I thought he was gonna die. I'm just trying to give him some. I mean, <laughs> I get it. I get it. I, I
1: get it. He probably don't care what he said, but I'm just saying, I wouldn't have said
0: that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know what? He was probably betting that you know maybe something wouldn't happen or something, <laughs> but. Hey, I mean, he was right. Hey, but kudos to him.
1: I'm not complaining. Kudos. Kudos to the, uh,
0: you know, off-duty officer, man. Yeah, and he would he would actually, he didn't get a good view of the car, but he did say that there was two men in the car. Okay, so,
1: so we finally got somebody who actually seen it.
0: Yeah, he saw there was two men in the car. And um, so they were able to save um, Mr. Um, Paul but the problem is with Paul's recovery over the next couple of years, um, he would uh, lose the use of um, one of his. Uh, uh, what is it? He had a heart attack too, so it kind of uh-huh. paralyzed one one side of his body. Dang man! Uh, so he has trouble walking. Um, you know, he's had intestinal problems, obviously, because that buck, so. the buckshot ripped. Up. He had to have uh, a bunch of intestines removed. Oh! So his life has been greatly changed because of the shooting, but he's alive. But he's alive though he's alive yeah man um but the uh but that guy was a hero though the off duty um, absolutely absolutely um let's see but and so going back to the anonymous tip though um, they recognized the woman said that they recognized the man as Samuel Dietman and um the woman said that uh, he also you might want to look into him about the shootings. And the police, officer, mm-hmm. the police officer was like, what are you talking about? And uh, she said that, uh, yeah, he had been bragging about shootings, the local ones. She doesn't know if it's real or not, but he seems to know everything that's been going on.
1: Mm. Yep. So now
0: they got their very first major lead. Exactly. So who is Samuel Dietman? Um, he was born in 1975 in Minnesota. His father was a hell's angel who beat his mother. Ooh. So Good start. Oh, wow. Good
1: start. Good start. Very good start. You know anything <laughs> about biker games?
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: yes. <laughs> Those angels ain't nobody to play with.
0: Not at all, dude. Um, they are truly the one percent of evil. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he he had a he grew up in an abusive relationship with his parents. Um, his mom would take custody of him and move from city to city. He never really had a one school that he went to or one place that he lived at um he had low self-esteem he was a social outcast some of her boyfriends that she would have over the years would hit him um so he had a rough upbringing wow and then he would grow up and have his own family he seemed to be calm at this time a lot of people said that he was a good guy at this time um he had a a daughter and then he got with a, a woman that had another daughter who became his girlfriend and things started to look up for him he even got a good job um what he Uh he was he was really he was really um, moving places. But then him and his girl got into an argument. She took both daughters and left, and didn't tell him where she was going. Mm. So he lost out on his two daughters and his girlfriend, who would resurface on the east coast later. So it's not like he murdered him or something. They just decided to go away, and they had enough of him.
1: I mean, I can't say I can't blame her. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it, it's a clown like he's had a trouble. You know, he was he was very disturbed and had a troubled life, so he probably was abusing her or could have been abusing the kids. So I, I can't say I don't blame her.
0: Well, you're actually right on that. I was going to say that they interviewed her and and she said that he was very abusive and and began to take it out on the kids, and so hmm. she said that for the best they had to leave.
1: That's a strong woman, right
0: there. Sure is. <clears throat> so because of this. He began to drink you know not instead of saying i'm the problem let me drink my problems away and um he began to uh he lost his really good job because he threatened a coworker, and uh he wound up just taking oddball jobs in the community wow and, and so then uh because of this you know he uh was not making too much money and uh you know he started to go to bars at night dabble with you know some meth here and there and uh, you know, smoking weed, drinking, and he ran into a, uh, a guy by the name of Del Hausner, who had an apartment and needed a roommate. And Samuel couldn't afford because of his working habits a you know uh, a car at the time or apartment he could bear you know so getting a room worked for him. So he moved in with a drinking buddy, Del Hausner. Mm.
1: Yep. And now the circle is connected.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But he was only... Samuel was the only one on the police radar right now. But they had nothing to charge him with. They had no evidence at this time. Mm. So, and they were looking for him, but they couldn't find him because he had moved out of his place that he had and moved in with Dell. So, Mm. in the next two months, though, it was frustrating the police because there was eight more shootings. What? Eight more shootings, but non-life-threatening. So... But there were shootings that either they missed people or they hit people in non-vital organs. They didn't do the damage that they had been doing before.
1: earlier. Okay. Well, that's a relief.
0: Yeah, yeah. So this case continues. And at the time, between these months, that's when the baseline killer was finally caught. So they get one, you know, dirt bag off the streets and they're still trying to hunt down the serial shooter. Mm-hmm. So this case would finally, finally take a turn. When Ron Horton, an older gentleman that would frequent the bars that Sam, Samuel and Dale would f- frequent, had a conversation with, uh, as a news story came on the TV about the shootings, and he said, uh, "He said, man, he goes, um, what's up with the uh, uh, all these shootings? And what is it called? Sam told Ron, man, you know what? Uh, that woman that got shot the other day, you know she she uh she deserved it, and, and he, he's like what? And he's all yeah. He goes, and you know what? They can't they can't pin that one on me anyway. And then they're oh, like, well, <laughs> yeah, well, then, there you have
1: it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>
0: yeah, and so so Ron's like, what do you mean they can't pin it on you? Like, what are you talking about? He's like, man, between me and you, because he's all drunk. He's all like, man. Yeah, he's drunk. That's the liquor talking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Between me and you, man. This guy, I use 410 shotgun shells, man. You can't trace those. I'm golden, baby. so Ron's like, really 410? So something tells Ron, I gotta tell the police this.
1: Oh well, well, he's a smart person.
0: Give it up to him. Exactly. And Ron would call the local police department and say, Hey, um, I just had this guy tell me that it was a 410. And you know, they get all kinds of leads. So the police department was like, "Yeah, yeah, sure, you have a lead on this case. What is it?" As soon as he mentioned 410 shotgun shell, the police were knew. Like, Yeah, they knew. They're like, nobody But they knows. never disclosed it. Exactly. So right away, they asked Rob if he would uh if he would please be an informant and try to record Samuel saying some stuff. So, oh wait, they, wait, wait. He called the
1: police immediately while yes. he was at the bar.
0: Oh no no! When he went home later that day.
1: Oh okay 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 gotcha.
0: Yeah. So um, so yeah they um, they say you know what uh, can you be an informant for us? Can you work for us? So they wire him up, and and they wire his phone up, and they start talking on the phone, and him and Samuel are just shooting the crapper, and then all of a sudden, he gets into what happened with the uh, the woman. He goes, remember that woman we were talking about at the bar, the uh, secretary that was uh that was shot. And then, uh, he's, he's like, yeah. And he's like, um, you know what? Uh, I think, you know, you know, do you have any more information about that? You know, like, do, like, cause you were telling me you shot her. And then, and then, uh, he was like, he's like, yeah, you know, and he starts giving away some more clues and everything. And he says, yeah, uh, Dell came by and, uh, he's like, who's Dell? And, uh, and he just clamored up. Sam was like, nah, and he just changed the subject.
1: Mm. So the police were like, "Kind of new."
0: Yeah, the police were like, "You know, he's kind of implicating himself, but he's not."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, so what happens is they say, "Hey, you want? You know, I, I'll get the next round of beers. I had fun playing pool with you." So Ron convinces Sam to go to um, uh, the bar the next night, mm-hmm. and they go to the bar, and he's wired up for sound again. They're playing pool. They have police listening as they're talking about certain things in the cases and you know ron you know samuel's given away all kinds of stuff at this point but the but before that a toyota camry had pulled up to drop off sam in front of the bar mm. and the police look at the tags run the tags and it comes out to Dell hausner mm. so they look at and they're like toyota camry dell hausner let's look into who this guy is so Del hausner was born in 1976 in nebraska he migrated out to arizona in his teenager years um but this dude what do you what do you think of uh what do you think of a sil- serial killers as, as their mindset what do you mean like how do you how do we usually find out guys are serial killers
1: oh you know cruelty of animals at a young age
0: mm-hmm.
1: abuse at a uh, abusive at a young age,
0: mm-hmm. and usually. then they a- oh, go ahead.
1: No, I said that's usually the case.
0: Yeah, but here's a here's a twist on this one. Really, he was a very popular dude because usually, some of these serial killers are very low key to themselves, social outcast, right? Like Samuel. Mm-hmm. This guy Dale, he's very popular in the community. He makes B list movies. Oh, he's at the club scenes a lot. He's into drugs and a lot of people know him because he, he deals and follows or, you know, and helps out people with drugs and stuff like that. And he, and he has a really electric personality. People like him. Mm. But he Looks had a little different. Yeah, a little different. But he did have a dark side that only the closest people knew about, that he was a bit abusive and that he would always threaten to do harm to others. Oh. But the overall aspect, the painted picture by everyone else was, hey, Dale's a good guy.
1: Nice. So he didn't have the, you know, the troubled upbringing that most of
0: them do. Exactly. Exactly. He didn't wet the bed, stuff like that. Nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're still, you know, Samuel's imp- implicating himself. He's even saying a few things about Dan, but they need, or Dell, they need really uh, good evidence that they just don't have. Mm. And so as that night pulls to an end, Dale returns, picks up Samuel, and they go home. And they figure out Samuel's living with Dale. So, what they do now? Oh, go ahead. No, I didn't say that. Okay. Um. So the police would would uh, stake out the apartment, and you know they're they're trying to find any kind of you know, uh, trying to see if they'll leave some trash, but they really don't. Mm-hmm. And they follow them one night when they take off together. They pull over on a street, pull something out of the trunk, put it in the back seat. Then both of them get in the car and they start driving for three hours. Whoa. And the police have multiple cars following them and they're driving past people. And then when they start to turn around, the police actually get smart and say, order another unmarked car to pull next to the, the people. And so when they come back around, they see that, oh, no, wait, there's a witness there. I can't shoot the person.
1: Mm, so they, they pretty much stopped them from committing another uh, murder, possible would, murder.
0: Yes, they followed them. And nine different occasions, it looked like Dale or Sam were going to come back and shoot somebody. But the police intervened and stopped them. But without stopping them, you know what I mean?
1: Without stopping them. Yes. And they're not smart enough to realize that they, they you
0: know, they're on their tail. Exactly. Exactly. And so with this, they were the police were even more frustrated because they know that there would have been a lot more victims. Mm -hmm. So luckily, though, the next day they would see Samuel come out with some trash and he would dump it in the dumpster. So the police would grab the the bag, take it to the lab and they would find a detailed map. This is how these morons are (laughs) (sighs) a detailed map with all the shootings. And the dates. Wow. Yes. And You can't be that dumb. They were. They were. And <laughs> and then not only that, they found in a Coca-Cola bottle a spent 410 shotgun shell. It was like split in half. And that they could possibly, with some pellets in it still, that possibly they can see if it was the same type of pellets. Mm-hmm. So something that they could attribute to them well there you have it ladies and gentlemen yeah so they, the police went one step forward uh farther they asked for a, a search warrant and they got it and they were able to put um when they samuel and Dell left they broke into their apartment and put listening devices all through the apartment and then when they got home they put uh listening devices in the camry as well mm so for two weeks they monitored these idiots talking about their murders and laughing about it mm. and they
1: had no idea
0: they had no idea they were being bugged tailed and everything so that they couldn't commit any more murders wow yep so um with this being said they were arrested uh just a, two weeks later after the, all that evidence and recordings came in Samuel was put in front of the detectives right away and and he was at first denied everything until they played the recordings and Then he right away pointed the finger towards um, Towards uh Dale Dale, mm-hmm. of course he did he sure did and uh, He did Gabby's favorite which is uh, he was offered a plea deal if he were uh-huh. Yes cop to everything or cop to a couple things he would avoid the death penalty but he had to spe- uh, he had to spew the evidence. So see, see this
1: is what I agree with Gabby on this one. Why do they deserve a plea deal? You clearly got evidence on them. You bugged them. You
0: tailed them throw the book at them. Yeah, I mean, in this case they they pretty much they weren't going to like other cases give him lesser sentence. Like he was going to go to prison for life. But they're they were gonna kill him, and in Arizona they still kill you, you know. And it doesn't take that long for them to kill you. So, right then and there, uh, Deepman was like, "Hey, you know what, dude? The jig is up. I gotta freaking tell. I want to save my life. And because um, he didn't care about others, but he wanted to save his. Mm-hmm. But he came out there saying that supposedly he's a follower, not a leader. Dell has a very. Um, charismatic way about doing things and is easy to follow and he it was all dale's fault when he shot the people especially he admitted to shooting claudia the 20 year old he said Mm -hmm. that he only thought he was going to wound her he didn't know he was going to kill her Mm. but the police weren't buying that for crap
1: yeah i'm not buying that
0: so they just let him say what he had to say And, uh, you know, he implicated himself in those murders. Plus, they had the recordings and he went to prison. And what do you think he got? Well, I'm going to say he got life, right? Yep. Without parole.
1: Mm. They're like, well, sir, uh, we're not going to put you to death, but we will put you in there for life.
0: So take your pick. Yes. And they and they got him for two of the eight murders. So only two. Yeah. They only got him for two because he, that was part of the plea deal. He only, got a
1: part of the plea deal.
0: Yeah. And that actually, I think if he went over two, he was getting the death penalty. So, mm. so he was able to get through that. Um, Dell Hausner, the, however, uh, is now being put on trial and Samuel part of the plea deal his he had to testify and put Dell basically at the scene of every crime. And he told the account of um, Dell being narcissistic and, um, the narcissistic attributes showed in the courthouse because picture this the murderer had just took in, you know all the family members are there and this is what mm-hmm. we talked about in the school shooting one and all the school shooters some mm-hmm. of them that actually live and that want to surrender to police want to be in the courthouse to see the agony that the families go through mm-hmm. and Dell made it a personal interest to look at every one of the family members and make eye contact even um say i'm sorry to them but in a sarcastic like look
1: Mm. so i'm sorry man i probably would have leaped over and tried to strangle him.
0: (laughs) it's funny you say that because they had three opportunities to where the the court uh police had to step in because really yeah because he was being very arrogant very arrogant um he would also smile at some of the victims families
1: Uh, you just thought me
0: Oh yeah. And then he <laughs> would drink a lot of water in between testimony so that, uh, at certain times he'd have to make multiple bathroom breaks.
1: Yeah. I, w- I probably would've tried to leap over bro. I- I'm sorry. Yeah. Hold me into contempt. Uh, yeah, I probably would've tried to leap over.
0: Absolutely. And he was frustrating the judge because he would laugh, especially at the killings of the animals when that was brought up mm. and, and, um, also at he would smile sometimes when they were discussing some of the things and then when it was his turn to say something to the court he did not admit to any of the crimes the only thing that he said is because of the false accusations this has ruined my family that's all he said
1: yeah I think he did that himself
0: yep he sure did as Gabby will say castrate him <laughs> well he was found guilty on all the murders and he was sentenced to death Ooh, as he should. so he should have been murdered i would say around this time you know around this this year or so maybe next year he should have exhausted all of his um what is it called his uh appeals mm-hmm. however however oh i say he should have for a reason Ooh. in 2013 he had been complaining about uh, being depressed and all this other stuff, and for some reason, we helped these losers out, even on death row. I mean, <sighs> you should be depressed anyway. You killed people,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, and so different medications like antidepressants and other things, he would actually um, bribe other, uh, you know, or give things away. I don't know how he did it, but he was able to recoup some pills from other. Oh, don't tell me. Death row inmates, including himself. mm Hmm. And one day in 2013, he overdosed on all those pills and was found dead in his cell.
1: Uh, I knew it. He took, his, he took the car away out.
0: He sure as hell did. Jesus. Yep.
1: They sh- He should have been, like, as Gabby's new catchphrase, is off with his balls. It should have been that from the jump. There is no, man. I hate when they do that, man.
0: I know. I know. It sucks because you go through all that. You find him. You convict him. You should be in jail. You should be able to kill him on your terms. Instead, he he goes out on his terms.
1: So he still wins?
0: He still wins, yes. Freaking bastard. Now, one thing... That's the end of our story with the serial shooter. So Arizona put to bed... The Phoenix area put to bed two difficult cases where multiple victims... So many families were affected and traumatized. You would think that that's the end of Arizona serial killer problem, right? You would think so. So just re- just two years after Dell committed suicide, the Phoenix area would be again ravaged between the months of August twelfth, two thousand fifteen, through July eleventh, two thousand sixteen.
1: Oh, so this is very very recent.
0: Yes. This one's still in court proceedings right now because of COVID. Whoa. This is the serial street shooter. Huh? Another shooter has, you know, what is it uh, played out? So I'm just going to read the occurrences of what happened to finish out the story. So there's not too much to this. So hang on. We got another five or seven minutes left. I just want to tell you, tell you what happened. So, on August 12th, 2015, shots were fired at a home of the 900 block of East Coulter Street. No one was injured. So, just random shots. The next night, Raul Romano, 61, was gunned down outside of his car in the 900 block of East Montebello Avenue. So, first homicide. Wow. No no, no uh, leads on that one. Okay. About, tw- about t- uh, 1245 a.m. on January 1st of 2016 a 22 year old jesse Al- olivius was shot multiple times in the 2200 block of north 58th street he later died of his injuries so it's two homicides
1: two homicides already
0: yep march 17th 2016 a 16 year old boy suffered a non-threatening injuries after being shot while on the thousandth block of east moreland street so he didn't die okay uh, on March 18th, the next night, 1130 p.m., a 21-year-old man suffered life-threatening, non-life-threatening injuries after being shot multiple times outside of his vehicle. Mm. April 1st, a 21-year-old Diego Ver- Verdugo Sanchez was shot and killed outside of his home on the 5500 block of West Turney Avenue. That's three murders. Three uh, murders. And two, two sh- hmm So keep with it. You keep That's the five. tally. You, you keep the tallies going, bro. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So, um, April nineteenth, two thousand sixteen. Eighteen days later, four thirty a.m. The body of a fifty-five-year-old Crystal Crystal Annette White was discovered near the five hundred block of North Thirty-two Place, Thirty-second uh, Place. She mm-hmm. died of apparent gunshot wounds. Poor medics. June 3rd, 2016, 32-year-old horse Horseo de Jesus Pena was fatally shot while outside of his home on the 6700 block of West Flower Street. Man, it's all in like
1: a radius of a month or two. Mm-hmm. Jesus.
0: June 10th, about 9.30 p.m., 19-year-old Manuel Castro Garcia was fatally shot outside of his home on West Coronado Road. Gosh. Two days later, two thirty-five a.m., an unoccupied vehicle was discovered shot in the sixty-two thousand block of Mariposo Drive. So just a shot-up car. Mm. The same night, about two hours later, a gunman opened fire on two women and a girl seated on a parked car outside the home of sixty-third West uh, Berkeley Avenue. Uh, Angelina Leener, thirty-one, Mal- Malhella Ellis, twelve, died immediately. So Mahel. two
1: murders on
0: that one right double homicide double homicide but then Mahel's mother stephanie ellis died three weeks later so he killed all three
1: he killed all three so that's that's nine mm-hmm. uh june 21st
0: 2016 my birthday the police would announce the phoenix slayings are connected all of them and now they've addressed this to a uh serial shooter um, June 11th, 2016. So right after, or July 11th. So almost a month later after they realized it's a serial shooter, um, a gunman shot at in a residential neighborhood at a 21 year old man with his four year old boy in the vehicle. Mm. Fortunately, nobody was hit. So the four year old, yeah, they did not, uh, they weren't hit. Um, At this point, the police put out a $75,000 reward for any information leading to the serial killer. The FBI gets involved. We're almost done here. Um, Then, uh, let's see. Then on April 19, 2017, police developed a probable cause against Aaron Juan Saucedo as a suspect in the murder of Raul Romero. Romero had been dating Saucedo's mother at the time of his death. So, what it is, is Aaron is a is the um, Romero's, uh, well, would have been son-in-law or whatever, and was mm-hmm. mad that his mom was dating this guy and killed the guy. That was the first murder.
1: That was the first murder.
0: Mm-hmm. And the ballistics would come back to a nine millimeter uh, handgun used in all the murders. Mm. And that was purchased from the pawn shop by Saucedo himself. Mm. So, so that linked them all together. And Sociedo was ar- arrested uh, for the nine homicides. And uh, twelve,
1: yeah, twelve. Yeah, I'm sorry, twelve.
0: And he w- and he's currently in. they uh, they're, they're barely, because of COVID. They're currently going through the trial right now, but he's suspected to get the death penalty as well.
1: Oh, he should. Yeah. No, I mean, for one, you're killing your mom's boyfriend. That's you know, let her live her life. You shouldn't have killed him in the first place. But that wasn't enough. I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and just randomly start kill- shooting every uh, everybody else for no reason yep don't make no sense
0: it's crazy twisted man
1: I, i'm telling you man some people don't know how to handle having a gun you know yeah
0: it's they, they... like what was that tupac movie back in the day where he got that handgun he started killing his friends and stuff like that What the juice juice there you go i mean that's like Tupac was in that movie was like a street thug and stuff like that and not the strongest guy, but that gun made him look like or feel like Hercules. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what, like you said, that's a good point. You put a gun in someone's hand like that, and they think mm-hmm. they're just the, the ish, and that they can handle yep.
1: anything. Yep, that makes you it makes you like the Hulk. Yep, you know. But it's not the gun; it's the person with the gun. That's the issue.
0: Yep, and and the guns being so accessible to people that have the issues
1: mm-hmm.
0: so you know we could talk about guns all day we're not because we put out that episode and we did get a lot of heat on other pages we did <laughs> i saw some heat there um because I, I i posted it to other pages and a lot of people were like Ooh, you know because like, you know, it always turns political but we yeah. were, we were we took the most down the middle that you could possibly do
1: yeah and all three of us, myself, Gabby, and Todd, we're, we're not political at all. We're neutral when it comes to this. So we don't have no bones when it comes to right or left. We just gave our opinion on how we feel about the a certain situation of what's going on with the massive uh, gun violence that's been taking place out here in the U.S. So,
0: Yeah, and, yeah. and, and we went into cases again from over 10 years ago you know with a serial sh- uh, what is it the uh, baseline killer from last uh, couple weeks ago this mm-hmm. one now that was a straight up shooting a rampage and another one that I just brought to you you know with one you know with his just incredible like I'm just as soon as he made that first shooting and killing he's like I can kill anybody I want to you gotta taste the blood and he went with it mm. so you know that's the thing that sucks and that's the thing that you know as a society hopefully can change but Right now, I mean, this is another two stories of what's going on right now, and it has been going on, but you would never have heard of this story if I didn't bring it up or you didn't live in the Arizona area. I
1: totally agree, bro, because I haven't
0: heard anything about that. Yeah, these cases are only brought to the front now because of everyone's (laughs) freaking out and pushing the narrative of, oh, my God, there's shootings everywhere. Truth be told, if you look at the stats, except Chicago and a couple other US cities, the stats are about the same. you know these we, we've yeah. had we've had school shootings, we've had mass shootings. They're just not reported as much because now it is a focal point. Yeah so, yeah wow.
1: as as Gabby's news catchphrase is with this new guy who who uh, you just gave uh, the statistics about the nine murder the hmm. nine murders and the 12 attempted. Yeah. Off with his balls.
0: Yes. Yes. You and gotta go, man. It should be, go, it should be a public thing too, right?
1: Yep. He's gotta go, man. He, like I said, it's bad enough you kill your your mom's boyfriend, but then you just killed nine other people for no reason. Yeah, you gotta go, man.
0: And you gotta see the the look on this guy's face. He just looks like he's troubled, you know. And he, and, he, and he looks like a I don't know, man. I mean. All, all three of these guys are just, they should not belong or, or have any kind of use of a firing weapon. And, and,
1: and you know, I normally feel sorry for people who, who has gone through trauma or gone through things or is troubled or mentally. And, and I do feel sorry. But here's the thing. You've got so many numbers you can call. There's people you can talk to. There are a lot of avenues that you can go through to help you. You don't have to kill people. Because you're going through something mentally. Yep. I, I don't accept that. True. Yeah. So.
0: That yeah, sucks, man. Yep. So those are the two cases we wanted to highlight for today. Well. And
1: you did a great job, Todd. Appreciate it, my man. Thank you, sir. All right. And that is today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of depth in this story, so. Our condolences to the family in uh in the Arizona area. So with that being said, we're gonna take this thing to a close and we're gonna sign off. But before we do, we want to let you guys once again know where you can find us. Just go to Instagram and Facebook, type in grinding true crimes, follow our page, like our page, leave us a comment, we'll get back to you. Uh, if you want to listen to us on your podcast stream, just go to Podbean, Spotify, Anchors, iTunes, and Pandora. And for those listening to us outside of the U.S., continue to listen to us on PodChaser Radio, Public Breaker, and Cast. Go to Redbubble.com, type in Top Box 80, for merchandise, if you would like to. And that is all. Uh, next week, hopefully, we'll have Gabby Gab back. We missed her for this one. Uh, it's not the same without her. So we'll we'll hopefully she'll be back uh, next week with us. But um, with that being said. This is uh, your host for today, Maddie Matt, along with our narrator for today. Todd Fox. And we are signing off. Peace.
0: Y'all come back now here, brother. <laughs>